Hello everyone and I'm really really happy to be back here with a new episode. Um, this is going to be a raw unedited episode about travel. So a lot of people have been requesting a solo episode from me so here I am. I know you guys are loving the interviews but I do notice that you know every once in a while you guys really like that you know I make a solo episode. So today I'm going to talk about my love for travel and I'll be giving you all of the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years and most importantly, you know, this is the Moms on the Grind podcast, I'll be giving you some tips on how to travel with a kid, which is super huge, super important. You know, sometimes I'm out and I meet people whose kids are like 12 years old and they're like, you know, I'm afraid to travel with my kid. I don't think that they're old enough yet. So... Um, I've been traveling with my daughter since she was six weeks old, so we'll be talking about that. So I know that by now, most of you follow me on social media at Sarah Desmores. I have a kind of a complicated last name. It's not complicated if you speak French, but look on the show notes, look at the Moms on the Grind podcast Instagram, and you'll see how to spell my last name. It's basically Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, last name is D-E-S-A. M-O-U-R-S. This is my personal Instagram. So I know that a lot of you guys have been following me since the 2007-2008 blogging days. If you know, if you've known me for a really long time, or maybe I've told you even if I've met you recently, I used to have a blog back in Canada. It was called Versace. It was a travel, not not travel, sorry. It was more like of a food and fashion blog, a personal blog as well. So if you're an OG follower, if you've been following me for a really long time, you know about my old blog and you know, you know, back in the days when I was on Blogger. So you guys know how much I love to travel. Okay, it's one of my like, biggest, biggest passions in life. It's one of my favorite things to do ever. So just to give you guys a little bit of background when it comes to travel. So I've always, always loved to travel. When I was younger as a kid, you know, my family and I, we used to travel to Haiti. We used to travel to Miami multiple times a year. We would take road trips to Philadelphia, Boston, New York. That's one of the things that really helped me with my English as a kid because I went to French school and I went to French high school. So Traveling to see my cousins and family in New York and whatnot really helped me with my English. But one huge thing happened in my life that made me travel even more. So it's a huge blessing. It's really, really, really big. When I was about 11 years old, probably 11 or 12, uh, my father, he accepted a job as an expatriate. So just keep in mind, my parents were divorced. So we lived with my mom back in Canada. My dad used to live in Canada as well, even after the divorce. But when he accepted the job as an expatriate, so that means that you're working for a company that will make you work in different countries, but you're still like acting as a Canadian. It's kind of like, not like a diplomat, but you're just working for a company, but across the world. So because of this job, my sister and I were extremely, extremely fortunate to travel all over the world to see our dad while he was working. So mind you, I was like 11, 12, 12 years old, traveling with my sister, who's about five years younger than me. So I was like 12 and had to take long flights or, you know, at first he was in Haiti, then he was in the Caribbean and he worked in Africa. He worked in Asia. It was super, super cool. So, you know, on top of him working all over the world, my dad is also someone that loves to travel. So 
when I was 15 years old and that this I'll always, always, always remember it my whole life. You know, he planned like a one month trip for him, my stepmom, my sister and I all around Italy. So, you know, it's one of those like guided tours. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I'm so sorry about that. So it's one of those guided tours where you're on a bus with a bunch of different people and we went all around Italy. This trip, uh, you know, again, with all the other trips I made, that trip was actually my first trip to Europe because at first he was working in the Caribbean. So all of the trips that I took, you know, especially with my sister around the world, you know, whether it was in Thailand, Dubai, Guadeloupe, uh, sometimes we would have layovers, my sister and I, in like a foreign country. I remember one time we were stuck in a country named Benin. And, you know, back then there were no cell phones or whatnot. But anyways, all of those trips that I took changed my life for the better. It made my life so, 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 so much better. Why? You know, there's a couple of reasons why I believe that traveling, and again, I'm talking from experience, it's not just me reading books about it, I actually experienced it. So here are the reasons why I think that traveling is super important. So traveling makes you more open-minded. So I grew up in Montreal, Canada. Of course, Montreal is extremely multicultural. I'm very, very fortunate to have learned about different cultures throughout my life. But it's not like that everywhere in the U.S., you know, especially since I moved to Miami. I noticed people are more close-minded, unfortunately, uh, and some other places in Canada. Depending on where you live, of course, you might have just seen one thing your whole life, you know, one way of living, uh, one way of, you know, eating dinner, one way of cooking only that, you you know, you've, you've been used to. But when you're learning about other cultures and you have to adapt to them because you're in their country, you're not going to ask people in another country to adapt to you just because you're American or Canadian. So I feel like just having to adapt to another country makes you a better person. So again, when you say in one place, you only see one way of living, it makes you realize that people around the world operate differently. And even if they operate differently, it's a beautiful thing. That's what makes the world such a beautiful place to live in. It's the diversity. It's how things are different. It's how, you know, we can embrace differences. I remember going to Italy for the first time. And I remember it was like around 2 p.m. or something. And I was shocked because I'm like, how come everything is closed? It's 2 p.m. Like this is usually, you know, in America or Canada, this is the height of shopping, you know, and stores and restaurants. Every restaurant, every store was closed in the afternoon because they have this thing called la siesta, meaning like the nap in French is la siesta. I was like, what? So like everything is closed for like, what, two, three hours? It's unbelievable, you know, and Another thing I noticed, I remember in Europe, noticing how late people eat dinner. You know, people can usually go for dinner at like 9 p.m. and dinner can last hours because they talk and talk and drink wine. You know, sometimes I remember like even the waiter ending up at the table with us having wine. It's a totally different culture. You know, it's super cool at the same time because you think you realize that, you know, the way we do things, not everyone does it like that. And you know what? They're happy doing it their way. And you can even learn from these things in other countries and apply them to your life sometimes to see how maybe it could make your life better. Maybe it's something that could work for you. Uh, and another anecdote, I remember being in Cape Town. So first of all, you know, you think you're going to Africa, but then when you go to South Africa, you see that there's a lot of like white Africans. And I found that really cool. And they have this language called Afrikaan. And in the language, they have sounds like, that, that kind of sound like this. 
and those are words those this is like actually how they talk I just found it super cool so yeah traveling just makes you more open-minded another thing that traveling does it humbles the hell out of you okay so being a different in a different country and trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B or like trying to figure out a train station where sometimes in in where in a country where they might speak a different language where the the words you know their um the writing could be a totally different writing than you it's a different dialect so it humbles the hell out of you trust me i remember being in greece like in greece the the writing i i don't understand the letters like even if you try to understand it like i understand the a like the alpha but if you're in the metro station guess what you need to figure it out basically <laughs> So you think you're cool with your English and all? Think again, because when you travel, you get humbled. You understand that, okay, um, English is not the only language. French is not the only language. People speak other languages. They write differently. Uh, they express themselves differently. So you have to figure it out. And it kind of, kind of makes you take a step down from the high horse of being American. You know. So another thing that traveling does, it makes you become more mature, which again, it's it goes with the whole being humble thing, I believe. So being somewhere new and figuring it all out makes you a different person, a more mature person. Also, I noticed that you can now participate in different conversation and you can talk about what you've seen in different countries, you know, what you've experienced, not just what you've heard or what you've seen on TV. So, you know, just to give you an example, when people think about Haiti, which is where my parents are from. So if, when people think about Haiti, they think that, you know, it's, they might think it's a certain way because of television, because of what they see on the news. And then when they get there, they're just amazed at the beauty, right? Because they're experiencing it. Because, you know, you can hear horrible things or different things about a country or on the news or whatnot. But when you go there and you experience the country, the people, the food, the language, you know, you see that it can be totally different than your perception of things. And that, that doesn't go for just for a country. I found that even visiting a different state in the U.S. is completely different. You know, I live in Miami. I remember going to Chicago and I thought that New York was my favorite city in the U.S. But then going to Chicago, I was like, wow, this is such a beautiful place to go. And I felt like I was almost back home in Montreal, but kind of like with a mix of New York and had some European in it. I mean, just visiting even different cities can open your mind and make you more you know, just more mature and make you discover more things. I think it's great. Plus, another thing that uh, traveling does, and this is kind of not vain, but you know, you realize that shopping is totally different in other countries. Okay, you think that we have a lot of options here in the US? You know, I remember going to Thailand, like, and just realizing how amazing the shopping is. The best shopping that I've done in my life was outside of America. When I talk about America, I'm talking about Canada and the US. So from furniture in Thailand to clothes shopping in Europe, I was even shocked. I remember going to Athens in Greece and realizing that everything was super cheap and like beautiful handmade stuff. You can find the best art, like some of the best art that I've bought was in the street for as little as $2 in Nigeria, in Lagos. So yeah, shopping is great, you know, outside of the US and Canada. So the last thing that I find that traveling does that I wanted to talk about is that it makes you a more relaxed and more responsible person. It makes you more chill, okay? 
The more you travel, the more you deal with delayed, canceled flights, shady taxi drivers, late trains, drama, you're in a different country, you're like in a state of panic sometimes. So you learn to deal with some of the most unfortunate and weird and awkward situations. Travel, you know, travel with me now. And you'll see how cool, relaxed, calm, and collected I am. So I'm also able to also travel for weeks with just a carry-on. Because when you travel, you realize that less is more. You don't need to get a different outfit every day. You can do this. You can do perfectly fine with one pair of jeans and like one pair of sneakers, one pair of sandals, one pair of dress shoes. So when you travel, you again, you realize less is more. You only really need just a few things. And guess what? When you're in a different country, no one's going to realize that you're wearing the same clothes or no one's going to realize that you wore the same flip-flops or the same sandals for four days in a row. Nobody cares because nobody knows you. And even if they did, you're traveling. Who cares? Most people in real life wear similar shoes like multiple times a week. So it is what it is. So moving on, right? So now I talked about why I think traveling changes you. I needed to talk about how I have a big why and that travel is part of my big why. Most people that have kids say, oh, my kid is my big why. And although I absolutely love my daughter, she is part of my big why. But she is not my only big why. (laughs) Surprising, huh? So I love my daughter to death. But I also love traveling. So if you look at my vision board for the year, there's a lot of travel in there. Because my other big why is the ability to continue traveling around the world. And most importantly, traveling around the world with my daughter. I want Eva to have an open mind. I want her to see the different things. I want her to see different cultures. Just like all the things I just talked about, about what I think travel does, traveling does to you. I want my daughter to experience that. So again, because traveling and my daughter are my big whys, that's another reason why I work so hard because no matter how much you plan, no matter how much in advance you, you know, you plan your whole traveling, traveling with a kid is not cheap because guess what? You have to pay for another person. So anyways, I want to take her all around the world. I started traveling with her, not necessarily around the world, but, you know, just traveling with her across the state or, you know, to the U.S. and whatnot when she was very, very young. And just recently, I took her to Paris for a quick last minute four day trip. So it's when I posted about, you know, that little, that quick little Valentine's Day trip to Paris that I started getting a lot of messages from people asking, asking me questions like, how on earth did she do on a nine, a nine hour flight? How was it like, you know, walking around Paris with her? Was it safe and everything? So I'll be answering some of the questions. And some of the questions that I got. And to be honest with you guys, I've been getting traveling questions for years. So right now in this episode, I'll focus on, you know, what to do with a kid uh, traveling and how I'm able to travel with her. Maybe I'll do another episode to talk about my personal tips, you know, on traveling, things that I've um, gotten over the years. You know, we are moms on the grind and I do have some friends that travel a lot with their kids as well. Maybe I could have one of them. But anyways, so... In order for me to achieve the whole my whole goal of traveling with a kid, I had to do a few things, you know, as early as when my daughter was born. So in order to achieve that, I had to, first of all, get her a passport, okay? You can't travel without a passport. And if you're just traveling across the state, or even if I was in Canada, just traveling, let's say, to Toronto, you don't need a passport. But I find that just getting your kid an actual passport 
is basically motivating. It's like, okay, I have a passport. We need to get it stamped, right? So it's kind of an annoying process to get a passport for a kid. You know, if the other parent can be there, you have to get the letter notarized, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? You do it and then you're good for five years. You're done. Okay. Another thing that I did is that I started traveling with my daughter as early as she could get a passport. So in Canada, it was six weeks. And as early, the moment she turned six weeks, I started traveling with her. I went to Miami with her. I remember the first time. So every chance that I got before she was two years old, I traveled with her because guess what? It was free. I just get a ticket for myself. And she was basically like a lap baby. So, you know, I find that it really, really, really helped. You know, I hear people talk about how, oh, they don't want to travel with a baby because they cry you know, because it's difficult. It is. It's not the easiest thing to do, but like everything in life, when something is not easy, you get used to it and you adapt. So, you know, just a bit later in this episode, I'll give you my tips on how to travel with a baby or a toddler. So I do think that these tips and, you know, what I did with Eva when she was super young and a baby, like literally a newborn, helped my daughter become a super cool toddler travel buddy, okay? I can take her anywhere now, seriously. There's people that don't believe me, and then on the plane, I get compliments all the time about her. So, you know, people on the plane, even when we came back from Paris, people were congratulating me. They're like, she's so cool, you know, how come? And I honestly 200% believe that it's because I started early and my daughter got used to it. So, Another thing that I did, I read a lot about traveling with kids online. You know, I read articles, you know, I went uh, articles on Medium, I went on Pinterest, you know, I had other moms that are travelers, some travel bloggers that have kids, you know, giving me advice. And most importantly, I find that having traveled myself a lot, you know, when I was a kid and even in my teenage years and up until now really helped me you know, travel with a kid. And another thing that I do, like I put myself in her shoes. I said, okay, if I was a toddler, like on a long ass flight, what would I be, you know, wanting to be doing on the airplane? You know, and I realized that, you know, the answer is distractions, which I'll talk about a little bit later. So another thing that I did, I figured out which airlines were the best with kids. And I try to get on these planes as much as possible and get as many points as possible. Because, you know, the more points you get, the more you save. Because when your kid turns two years old, you have to actually pay for their plane ticket, which is a little bit annoying sometimes, but it is what it is. So, you know, figuring out which airlines worked best with kids was really a matter of trial and error. I remember uh, traveling, unfortunately, with Air Canada, and I really don't feel like like they're mo- the most accommodating. Maybe they changed, but I remember like three, four years ago, like, you know, they would give us middle seats. They wouldn't, you know, make us go on the plane first like the other airlines do. So I'll talk to you guys about which ones are my favorite ones a bit later. So anyways, traveling with a kid is possible, guys. Most of the times that I traveled with my daughter, it was just me and her. No help. Uh, You know, I I did have moments where I was either with my mom or with my sister or whatnot. But most of the times I was traveling with my daughter alone. And no matter how many are you crazy looks you're going to get from other people at the airport, I made it work. It wasn't always easy. You know, my daughter, I got pooped on a few times when she was younger. She did get moments where she would cry nonstop on the plane, but I just continued to do it. And it was totally, totally, totally worth it. Trust me. It's hard. Don't listen to what other people say. You got to do it. You get them used to it. And then it works out in the end. So 
Now I'll talk about the best tricks. Well, some of my best tricks that I've developed over the years to travel with your little one. Again, these are my tips. If you guys have any other tips, please comment on my Instagram post on the episode. You know, I'd love to share other people's tips, either on my story or on Instagram or whatnot on traveling with kids. So here they are. So number one Again, it's all psychology. So start early. The earlier, the better. I already said that, but be positive about it, you know, because again, kids, just like adults, like everyone, people get used to things. So it's all in your attitude. So if you make it fun and amazing and excited and you're like, oh my God, we're traveling, we're going to get on an airplane, like at the airplane, the kids are going to feel it. Even if they're like six weeks old or two months old, you know how they say that even when you're pregnant, you have to feel a certain way and be positive and talk to your baby. They feel it. Okay. I promise you, if you act like you're dreading it and you're not in a good mood and you're like almost already like with tears in your eyes because you're like oh my god this is going to be like a hellhole on the plane they're going to feel it and guess what they're going to be total assholes with you the whole time okay they won't be in a good mood they're going to be grouchy most of the time so just be positive make it fun okay I promise you I think that's like the most important thing I can tell you you know, aside from the other things I will tell you, but just be positive, be happy, be in a good mood. They're going to feel it, make it fun for them. They're going to love it because if you love something, your kids are going to love something. If you make it fun, if you make it the best thing ever, they're going to know. Okay. So number two, again, that's, I think that's probably the next most important thing. Get the necessary equipment. It's not just, you're not just taking your baby and just getting on an airplane. That's not how it works. Okay. Especially when your baby's chubby, like you don't want to be carrying them the whole time. So when my daughter was a newborn, I used a baby carrier to hold her during most of the trip. You know, the baby carrier that you put on your body. So Because of that, you know, babies, they love to be close to you. So my daughter wouldn't freak out because she was close to me. Um, Another thing that it does, I used to breastfeed her. So, you know, it was easier to just breastfeed her without, you know, I just kept her in the baby carrier. I just threw like a little blanket over and I would breastfeed her on the plane. So it was, it just made things easier for me. She was just close to me, but I did have a few mishaps uh, when it came to that, even though I tell you that it's great to have a baby carrier. But, you know, I remember because she would sleep most of the time. That's another thing, guys. When you have your baby, like up until I think four or five months, most of the times they're sleeping most of the day. So while my daughter was sleeping most of the day, so on the airplane, she would sleep most of the time. And I remember eating sushi on the airplane. I got sushi at the airport. And I remember eating sushi and the whole time I was eating sushi, like the soy sauce would like drip in her hair (laughs) and I wouldn't clean it because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to wake her up. So I remember getting off the plane and she just smelled like soy sauce. And I remember another time, like right before exiting the plane, thank God it was before exiting the plane, she decided to have a poop explosion in the baby carrier. So basically on her, on me, it was all over the place. So it was super hilarious, but not fun at the same time. Anyways, another thing that you need as equipment, you need, uh, if your baby's a toddler or a baby, you know, like a newborn or whatnot, uh, you want to make sure that you get an easy to fold stroller. I had the mama's and papa's stroller back in the day. It was super easy to fold because, you know, you have to leave it at the entrance of the plane. And then when she was a little bit older, like around two and a half, I got an umbrella stroller. I don't remember the brand of the one that I got, but when I do, I'll just put it into show notes. 
I have other friends that have amazing baby strollers that say, you know, it's super, super um, easy to fold. So I'll put some of the strollers they have in the comments below. I remember back then, and I think even up to now, like the Bugaboo stroller is like super popular. But I remember trying it and seeing how difficult it was to fold. And I was like, I swear to God, I will throw this stroller from the airplane. You know the little, the little door before the airplane where you can exit? Like, I will throw that shit away. Because I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to struggle to fold a $1,000 stroller. Because the bugaboo is expensive as hell and you can't even fold it. Anyways. So... Keep in mind, the reason why I say you have to get an easy-to-fold stroller is because most of the time, you're going to have your baby with you and you have to fold a stroller. So if you're traveling alone with your baby, like, ain't nobody going to hold your baby. Like, you're probably going to put the baby in the baby carrier on you to fold a stroller. So you want to make sure this shit is easy to fold, okay? So especially if you're alone, because I found that as nice as people appear at the airport or the staff and they're super friendly, they still have a job to do and get people on their airplane. So they won't always help. You know, I've had people try to help me, but I just found it easier to just have my baby in the carrier and just fold a stroller with like one click, right? So anything that folds easily with one hand is preferably the best, okay? So another thing, you want to make sure that you have snacks, games, toys, and most importantly, invest in an iPad, unless you're willing to sacrifice your phone during a flight. So I'm talking even when, you know, when the baby starts getting more alert, maybe nine months, a year. So guys, I don't care what people say about iPad and TV, TV time, okay? I grew up watching some educational shows. I wasn't watching porn when I was a kid. Like, I watch kid stuff, educational stuff. My parents monitored what I watched. I couldn't just watch anything. But guess what? The iPad has saved my life on airplanes, okay? Even when Eva was like one year old, I would just put the iPad and she would just focus and watch like Baby Einstein. Yes, girl. It works. I don't care. Thank you, Baby Einstein. Thank you, Peppa Pig. Thank you, Misha and Mashka. Thank you, educational train thingy. I don't care who the fuck you are on YouTube kids. Like, you really saved my life with a kid. I love you, okay? So guess what? It's educational, okay? They learn. How do you think my daughter learned French? Like, she went to English daycare and I would just put some French shows for her, especially on the airplane, Okay? I'm totally okay with TV time, especially on the airplane. Not all the time during the week, but if we're on a plane and we need the kid to stay quiet for three hours or whatnot, and you, it, it means you having to put on their favorite show, guess what? I'm doing it, okay? I'm not trying to struggle on an airplane, okay? It can, if it can keep them focused and quiet, I'm down for it. So another thing is make sure that you have a bunch of games on the iPad, uh, that's more when they're like one years old or one and a half, I guess. It depends on the age. I don't know what age. I don't remember what age she started playing games on the iPad. Again, all educational stuff or like coloring stuff. So make sure that you download them before getting on a plane and make sure that they're games that don't require the internet. So another thing is, if you're going to be using an iPad or whatever tablet, make sure that you bring a charger. Because we're not just talking about the plane ride. Remember that before getting on the airplane... You might do like two hours or whatnot at your gate at the airport, if not more. Like, let's say the, if the flight's not delayed, because the flight can be delayed. So you want to make sure that you charge the iPad or if you can have a portable charger, that will change your life. It's amazing. Some airplanes have chargers in them, but not all of them do. So it's better to have the charger just in case, like an extra charger, not just one for your phone, like an extra one. Okay. So another thing that I've brought as equipment, because we're talking about like equipment, I've brought pens and paper 
you know, like um, Crayola stuff. But I found sometimes it could be messing, messy depending on your child's age. You know, most of the time when Eva was like one, one and a half, two, like she wouldn't draw on the paper, she would draw on the tray. So you want to make sure that you bring some wipes to clean whatever it is that, you know, they clean. And also you want to make sure you bring sanitary, you know, just wipes to wipe some stuff. Uh, I'm not OD about wiping stuff just because I'm like, even if I wipe stuff, my daughter is going to end up touching the shit that I did not wipe. So germs are everywhere regardless. Well, again, I'm not OD about that. Um, snacks are great, you know, crunchy stuff, things that they can't, that can't get the you know your space too messy they're really important you know water is good you know I usually bring like an empty bottle and fill it at the airport but one thing I have to say about water is that I know that water is great for you yada 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 but I try to limit it you know I let her have water but I don't let her like OD on the water because they're already going to give juice on the airplane and I just don't want to be in the bathroom every half an hour because you know how kids like their bladders like big like a pea so I'm not trying to go to the bathroom all the time. So I do let her drink, but you know, just on a regular basis at home, she's not drinking water like the whole time that we're at home. It's not like that. Think about how you're acting at home. They're not drinking water or juice the entire time, the, the entire time they're sitting down. That's not how it works. So I just give it to her once in a while. Okay. Um, again, not trying to go to the bathroom a million times. And when you get a water bottle, invest the $15 at Target and get the drip-free bottle. Please do not get the bottle that's like $4.99. That shit will drip. That shit will annoy you. You're going to be, yeah, I've learned from my mistakes. Okay. So um, again, when it comes to equipment for babies, my favorite things were a baby carrier. I, I had the Bjorn, Bjorn, whatever it's called. Another thing that you need is your titty. <laughs> I was breastfeeding or a pacifier or maybe a bottle just because it helps them with the ear pressure. So when they're sucking on something, um, it's really great for their ears, you know, for their ears, you know, when our ears get blocked when on a, when we're on an airplane. Um, if you're not breastfeeding, it's fine. When I breastfed her, I would breastfeed her during the, the ride. But if not, you know, just feed them the bottle. It really helps with their ear. Again, you need a bottle. You need some water, uh, some games, nothing squeaky. It's not just not to annoy the other people on the airplane, but it will annoy you if they're playing with a squeaky toy the whole time. So be considerate of other people and, of course, yourself. Uh, bring some toys. You know, those. I like those books. You know, when she was a baby, they had those plastic books. You know, she loved those. Um, you want to bring multiple changes of clothes because, you know, your kid can have a poop explosion, can have an accident, can vomit, whatever it is. You want to make sure that you bring a change of clothes and bibs and whatnot. You want to bring the iPad and you want to bring a blanket because they get cold. I personally get cold on the plane. So I even bring a blanket for myself. So imagine a baby. Uh, for toddlers, when Eva was a toddler, um, the iPad again, some games, some crayons, change of clothes. Although I've personally not had to use it because, you know, once once the kid is like potty trained, you they might have an accident, but you know, you still want to have a change of clothes just in case. Um, you want to bring like a jacket for them, like a hoodie, a blanket, you know, and most importantly, you want to bring patience and understanding. <laughs> okay. You want to bring your dignity, you want to bring, you know, like your meditation, whatever you've learned, you just want to be calm. You want to bring that. So the third thing that I found that is really, really important um, for kids traveling is that, you know, I said it before, be positive about it. Uh, when I do, if I've planned a trip in advance, I'll be, you know, showing Eva some pictures of where we're going. We'll be, I'll try to find maybe a kid's show where they talk about that specific country. I found that Peppa Pig is great for that. 
you know, at one day have, there's one episode where they go to Italy, another episode where they go to Paris. So, you know, I'm showing her that. I'm showing her some images of where we're going. You know, I'm teaching her not the language, but I might make some food from where we're going. Like before we go to Haiti for the week before we're eating more Haitian food and I'm telling her about it. So, you know, just make it exciting and amazing for them uh, and prepared, you know, just be positive and prepared for them. And number four, you want to plan some child-friendly activities, but also plan some nanny time. So Pinterest is amazing for that. So wherever, wherever you're going, even if it's just a different city, just put on Pinterest. Let's say you're going to Los Angeles. Put Los Angeles child-friendly activities, right? You'll find a million things. You'll find some blog posts. And I find that also if you know people that live there and have kids, they can give you some tips on where to go and what to do. And I don't always do just child-friendly activities with my daughters because we're both going on a trip. It's not just her. I'm not going on a trip just for her. Like, it's we're together. So I will plan some child-friendly activities, but I'll also plan some activities for myself that she can participate. Um, most of the times, to be honest with you, I might do one or two child-friendly activities, but the other times I would just wing it, maybe ask people that I would meet in the street, you know, what to do. You know, I always had a great freaking time. So things that are always a winner when you're traveling elsewhere, I found that outdoor things are always a winner, just walking around some, somewhere, taking, getting some fresh air. Uh, the beach is always a winner, no matter where you go. If there's a beach or if there's water, it's or like a boardwalk, you know, these things are always great for kids because there's like ice cream, you know, some boardwalks might have stuff for kids and whatnot. So um, cool museums, anywhere outdoor or like somewhere where there's cool things to see, right? Like, you know, and also when you go outdoors a lot, it gets the kids tired. So, you know, you can get a nanny later on during the day, which is what I'm getting to. So you do want to do some adult stuff, you know, some restaurants um, where you can bring your kid, but where you can enjoy as well. So one thing that I found really important to do at home, and again, it all starts at home. I've been bringing my daughter to restaurants since she was a baby, and I'm super strict with her at restaurants. Like, I will give her a look. Like, if she starts talking loud or acting a, acting a certain way, I just give her one look and she stops. Because I don't want to be that parent with the, on the kid that doesn't have good behavior at a restaurant. So, again, you have to start very early, and it starts at home. Um, a great book for that that I recommend, that's just a side note, it's called Bringing a Baby. It's about this American girl that goes to Paris, that goes to live in France, and she notices how people in France um, raise their kids, you know, how well-behaved they are. And I basically based my entire education with Eva, not just based on that book, but that's how I was raised. You know, I was raised a French way, and I even put Eva in a French school. Anyways, long story short, it starts at home, you know, because you want to be able to go to restaurants with your kids, because some countries that you go to, they don't have such a thing as child-friendly restaurants or whatnot. Like, they don't have a child menu. They they don't have even sometimes booster seats. To, so you have to teach your child to, you know, to act normal in a restaurant. And one thing you can do, you know, you can always bring a piece of paper and some pens, you know, some crayons. If they're done with their food, they can just draw while you enjoy your wine and you hang out, okay? So Europe is great for that. The Caribbean is great for that. And one thing you that is very important to do is that find yourself either a nanny or a babysitter wherever you go. 
So depending on where you go, it could be a hotel. You can plan all of that in advance. Most hotels will refer you like a nanny or a babysitter. Or if you go somewhere where you know people, ask them, you know, hey, hey, if I'm trying to go out like Saturday night or whatnot, can I leave my kid with you? Maybe a family member or a friend or, you know, ask them for babysitter referrals because it's always nice to have like one or two nights out without the kid because most of the time they're tired. So they end up going to bed super early and then you're just stuck there. You might be tired as well. You might be jet lagged, but it's nice to have maybe one night where you can hang out and do whatever you want, kid free. Okay. So number five, again, it goes to, it goes kind of like hand in hand of what I just talked about, you know, with the child friendly activities and nanny time. But number five is try to go places where you know people. So if, you know, especially if you're going alone, right? So I, one of the reasons I went to, one of the reasons I'll often travel to Haiti is because I have a lot of family there. So they can, it's easier to deal with. You can get some help. You can get tips from locals, you know, babysitters, whatnot. You save a lot of money because depending on where you go, you might stay with them and they might, you know, give you a guest room or whatever, especially a family member. One of the reasons I went to Paris is because one of my very, very close friends lives there and has two daughters, including one of them that's my daughter's age. So I'm like, it's even more fun for my daughter because we can go there and she hang out with someone her age and learn from her and her culture and how she operates. So as young as four and a half years old, almost five years old, she can already say, you know, I have a friend that lives there and this is how they work. Things are different. She she even learned different expressions, you know, because she speaks French uh, here in Miami. She goes to French school, but, you know, hanging around a French friend in Paris is totally different. So it's pretty cool. And also when you know people that live in the country that you're going to, it's way less stressful. So, um, for example, hotels don't always have what you need, you know, things like extra water, whatever. So when you know people that are somewhere, you can ask them for tips and tricks. And if you get lost, you can just call them. So it's it's a cool thing. You don't always, I don't always do that, but I'm just saying, you know, depending on where you're going, if you know people, it's usually a plus. Okay, so before I go to the frequently asked, frequently asked questions, I think you, I'm just going to resume. So my five tips on traveling with a kid is number one, starting early and being positive about it. Just start early, the earlier the better. Number two, you have to make sure you get the necessary equipment. Depending on your child's age, you want to make sure that you do some research and make sure you bring everything you need on the plane. Number three was to be super positive and upbeat and happy about it. Number four is to plan some child-friendly activities, do your research, and also to plan some nanny time or a babysitter. And number five tip is trying to go to places where you know people, especially if you're going alone. So I hope this helped. Now I will talk about most questions that I got, the most important questions I got on Instagram. So first question is, how did you plan your trip to Paris at the last minute with your kid? Um, I was becoming homesick and then I realized that I wasn't homesick, I was more friend sick and I just missed being around friends that I've had for a long time. So one of my friend, really good friend, lives in Paris. We were pregnant together in Montreal. We had our kid almost at the same time. Um, She lives in Paris. She's visited me a couple of times here in Miami. So I was like, you know what? Let me go visit her. I never went. Uh, Eva had like three days off. It was Thursday, Friday, and then Monday. 
So I'm like, instead of just staying in Miami, let me just go to Paris with her. Like it was super last minute. Oh my God, Eva's passport was expiring. I had to do like a last minute freaking passport request. It was crazy. But although it was last minute, it was amazing. So we planned to stay at my friend's house. And we only did like some relaxed things. We did do some crazy tours because I've been to Paris a couple of times already. I've already seen it. Uh, my daughter was extremely excited to go to Paris. Again, she goes to a French school. So, you know, there's the Eiffel Tower everywhere. There's the France flag everywhere at her school. So most of her friends are French from France. So she was so excited. And the thing with her is that she really wanted to see the Eiffel Tower because, you know, she's heard about it. It's in her class and everything. I even have a big painting of it at my house. So, you know, I planned a lot of shopping, more eating at restaurant, eating my daughter's favorite things and going to the Eiffel Tower, walking around Paris, doing some shopping. My daughter loves shopping as well. So I'm lucky for that. Uh, she loves, she also loves really good food. She loves crepes. She loves steaks. So I'm like, this is perfect. And to be honest with you, I've never seen my daughter eat so much. Uh, usually she doesn't eat all her food, but in Paris, she literally ate everything. I remember the first day we got there, uh, my friend opened a pack of smoked salmon and she just devoured the entire thing. I was so like, I was a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, girl, like you got to keep some for other people. <laughs> you know, you can't eat everything that we're giving you. But anyways, that's another thing, you know, as when my daughter was young, I didn't just feed her baby food. I made her taste different things so that if we're like at a restaurant where they don't have like a kid's menu, right? Um, you want to make sure that they can eat different things, not just like chicken nuggets and french fries. Okay. So I did plan some activities with my friend and her daughter. Like we went to this mall that had like a kid's kind of like an, not an amusement park, but some games and the mall even had, um, like a kid's section. So we could leave them there for like an hour or two. Um, Another thing that I do, not just for Paris, even though it was last minute, but if you're if I'm traveling to LA, I try to get a red eye flight or a flight at night because that way the kid can just sleep the whole time. And when it comes to time change, I just adjust immediately to the time difference. That's a trick that my dad taught me the first time we went to Europe. He's like, you know what, don't don't act all tired. Like even if, you know, let's say you like when we went to Paris, our flight was at like 7 p.m. and we got there. It's a, it was like a seven hour flight. So technically we would have been there in the middle of the night, but with the time difference, it was like 9.30 a.m. So, you know, we get there, it's 9.30 a.m. It is what it is. That's how we're acting, right? So another question that I got, and that's a very important question. How do you deal with safety? Do you feel safe with your kid? So depending on the country, um, of course, I'm going to do my research to find out just, just for myself, not just with a kid, but even for yourself, you want to make sure that you go somewhere safe and you want to know about the safety measures. So uh, depending on the country or even when I'm traveling, you know, out of state to another state, I'll Uber instead of just taking taxis. I always still feel safer in an Uber just because I can get the license plate of the driver. I can share my itinerary with my sister, or with someone else I trust. Or if I go to another place like Haiti, I make sure that I'm with family only the whole time. And most of my family, you know, they have their driver or they're the ones driving me around and I trust them. So uh, depending on the state I go to, I do take the train with my daughter uh, when I go to Canada and uh, New York City, for example. And even when I went to Paris with my daughter, we took the train a lot. But um, it's just because I'm personally comfortable with taking the train. You know, my whole life I took public transportation in Montreal 
So um, I'm very used to taking the train. Uh, because I'm used to it, it's easy for me to bring my daughter with me. I hold her hand the whole time. She stays in my sight and like on my lap or like next to me, touching me the whole time. But, you know, in those places where public transit is really uh, popular, you'll see a lot of kids on public transit. It's totally normal for a kid to be on the bus. So, but if you're not super comfortable with that, for example, if you're from Miami, you're not used to taking the train, do your research. Public transit is super easy. You save a lot of money. It's very fast, especially during rush hour. But um, if you're not comfortable with that, just Uber, just Uber everywhere. Most countries have Uber. You know, even when I went to Greece, they had Uber. So the trick I find when you're taking public transit or even when you're in a different country to be safe, don't act like a freaking tourist. Act normal. Don't pull out the map and freaking look like a tourist with your big ass camera and, you know, around you. You want to make sure that you act more normal, cool, 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 collected. If you're looking at a map, look at your phone because people don't know what you're looking at. They won't know you're a tourist. Right. Because guess what? If you stress out, your kid will stress out. Okay. So another question that I got was, how do you deal with time difference? I kind of answered that in the other question, but just with the time change, again, you adjust automatically. Like you don't act tired. You just act, if it's 9 a.m. in the country you're going to, guess what? You act like it's 9 a.m. Your kid has no idea. Trust me. Eva, like when she woke up from, to, when, we were, when we went to Paris, she was like, oh, it's the morning. I'm like, yeah, girl, you slept all night. It's crazy, huh? But she only slept like six or seven hours. Anyways, no idea. You start your day. You go on with your day. During the day, you might, your kid or even you might crash or you might get tired. You know, it's okay to take a nap, but don't take like a six-hour nap. It's going to mess you up completely. Okay. Another question that I had was, how do you feel like your travels helped you with your kid? Okay. And like I said before, I mentioned that traveling made me more relaxed, more at ease. And I know how to deal you know, depending on the country that I'm in. So, the you know, I know how to deal with the people as well. And I teach my daughter how to act depending on the country that we're in. Like I mentioned, you know, in France, there's no such thing as kids meals. You know, that's why, like I teach her, like you have to eat steak, you have to eat different things. And, you know, or sometimes I teach her that she won't have her little kid's meal. You know, I'll just have to get a bigger meal and maybe an appetizer. And we're going to have to share, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, for example, in Haiti, I let her know that, you know, she's not like the biggest fan of fish. But for example, if we go to Haiti at the beach, I teach her like, listen, we're in Haiti. This is what people eat. This is what people do. We're going to have to eat more fish. We're at the beach. Or, you know, the, the juice, it doesn't come in a bottle in Haiti, right? You're like, people are going to make the juice. You have to wait for them to make the juice for you because, you know, you can't buy juice in a bottle, but most people make the juice. So I found that it's helped me help her adapt to different situations that are not part of her everyday life. Do you see what I mean? So another question I got was, which airlines are the best to travel with kids? Again, I'm talking from experience. So I have found that American Airlines, JetBlue, and Air France are my personal favorites. Uh, Air France is my number one just because they give free wine <laughs> on the flight, even if you're in economy. So if you guys have any other airlines to suggest, let me know. I haven't tried all of them, but I've tried a lot. I've tried. Well, Delta wasn't too bad. But the thing is, I only traveled with them once. So I can't be like, oh, Delta is great. You know, it was just this one time when I went to Atlanta. But I tried, you know, I tried. I travel with almost every, like, airline, American airline. 
So again, these are my favorites, but that's personal experience. So another question I got was, do you travel with a full luggage or with a carry-on? You know, if only with a carry-on, what do you bring? Um, that would be a whole episode on what I bring because it's I'm very, very specific with that. But I personally prefer to travel with a carry-on just because it's easier for me. It's like smaller and it's easier to, you just put less things. It's just less heavy. And most of the times, like I said, I travel alone with my daughter. So I don't want a burden. You know, I don't want like a million like heavy luggage. It's hell to get out of the airport, especially when you travel across the States, like in the U.S., um, they don't give you the, that little, you know, the little cart at the airport. You have to pay for it. And sometimes I'm cheap and I don't want to pay for it. And, and it's just complicated. So I prefer a carry-on. And what I really like to do is when I get to the gate, most of the times you can ask them to check in your carry-on for free at the gate. So that way, when you arrive at your destination, you just go to the baggage claim. So, you know, depending on the airport, some airports are really big and like you have to walk a lot. So when you get there, you don't want to have, you know, your kid and like two carry-ons and in your bag, like it can be like annoying. So I found that just checking in my carry-on at the gate has saved me a lot of time and a lot of trouble. So I just prefer traveling with a carry-on in general. Um, ever since I've been to Europe and because I've traveled a lot, I've learned that most of you know sometimes they can lose your luggage and you don't have your luggage so especially when you have a kid you don't want to risk that um so when you have a carry-on you know you decrease that significantly I mean what are the chances they're going to lose your carry-on that you checked in at the gate that they put directly in their airplane right or you know sometimes if you just have two carry-ons and like my daughter she's a toddler so she can walk now I don't need a stroller or anything like I you know, I don't necessarily have to check in the carry-on on the plane. I can just put it on and she likes to like carry her. She likes to push her own carry-on. And most importantly, if you're going to travel with a carry-on, guys, invest in an amazing carry-on, guys. Don't get any of those cheap carry-ons at Marshalls. Don't do it. I've done it. Like I had, I used to have like a super cheap carry-on. That shit broke on me while I had my daughter. It was like a shit show. Then I had to like buy a carry-on at the airport, which cost me like three times more than I would have paid in general. I'll put a picture of the carry-on that I use that I've invested in. It's a great carry-on. You can actually charge your phone on it. It's pretty, pretty cool. So you want to make sure that it rolls really easily and that it's like super light, right? Because you're going to put a lot of stuff in it. So guys, just don't be afraid to travel with your kid, okay? You have to try, ask about it, do your research. It's amazing. I love traveling. My daughter now loves traveling as well. She gets so excited. Like whenever I tell her we're getting on a plane and we're going somewhere, she loves it. And I, I feel like it's because of me. It's because I've instilled that culture in her. So guys, if you have any questions, don't be afraid to like to DM me, to ask me. I've been doing, I've been traveling for a really, really, really long time. Some of my best friends also are world travelers. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Jennifer, who just got engaged. Congratulations, Jen. Anyways, my friend Jen travels everywhere around the world, like with a backpack, you know, and she, you would never know she's... She's amazing. She's given me a lot of tips and tricks. And my, do my dad has traveled around the world. He's given me tips and tricks. And um, yeah, so I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did like it, please, 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 I ask you that you leave a five-star rating on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. Share the episode with people that, you know, might be afraid to travel with a kid or are thinking about it and don't really know what to do with a toddler. 
So I'd love to help them out. And thank you so much for tuning in. Tuning in. Tuning in. What am I saying? Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this is a raw episode. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Moms on the Grind or on my personal Instagram, Sarah Desimores. And email me or DM me if you guys have any questions. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening.